Welcome to the Mindful Surfer podcast with myself, Will Foster, and my co-host, Liam, the significantly shrunk testicle, Morgan. And why would that be, dude? Because it is bloody cold. <laughs> Freezes. Seriously cold. Wow. Don't let me run around naked after having been in this for a while, because honestly, it's not, a, it's not a good and true indication of my package. Just, just saying. Shrink- just putting it out there. Shrinkage. That's what they call Serious it. Serious shrinkage. Like... Party sausage and walnut syndrome, they call it. Yeah. Like, you know one of those little party sausages you get? That's a little tiny little small on the cocktail stick. Yeah. The Wampa. It's a, it's just a tiny version of the Catch Surf log. <laughs> I was wondering where you were going with that. You know those little hand plane things? The Wampa. That's, oh That's yes. it. It's still the same thing as Jamie's nine and a half foot log. That's uh, it. I don't know if we can carry on with that an- analogy, but that's, um, that's what it is. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back. On, on the Wampa, I saw him do a video. This is Jamie. O'Brien, by the way, do a video. J-O-B. J-O-B, the other day, on a Wampa, where he was, there were two Wampas, one on each foot, while he was sort of jet skiing over a jump. Oh, and yeah, I see. I've you seen know that. when you look at it, you think, how does that bloke not get more injured? I, 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 he is made of some serious material, Jamie O'Brien, like Teflon. He has put himself through some, some, I mean, think of the poundings you would take at pipe. yeah. But and that, he just comes back and da da da, and it just it just and I think it's it must just be the attitude he has to, to, to it because he's just relaxed. I I it's think his, it's, it's his playground. It's entirely in the attitude, isn't it? So he, he has been hurt. I've seen it on a couple of his vlogs as well. But it's a bit like going into a tackle committed. That whole it's a cliche, isn't it? Say so the harder you go into a tackle and you're committed to a tackle, whatever sport you're playing the less likely you're going to come out injured. And the more timid you are, same with surfing, sometimes it's the moments you start to worry about it that you get you hurt. But I don't, he doesn't look, certainly he's, his body language and he's, he's so relaxed in these situations, he just goes cl- flying into it. But um, rather him than me. It's, it's, it's pretty heavy stuff. I think we've all, I say we've all, a lot of us have been in punchy conditions, but I think that when you take it onto that level, yeah. it, it is... It is really really terrifying if you're not used to it and we've discussed this before just, just just it's just whatever you're used to it's your you know it becomes the new norm doesn't it once you've gotten used to something and it's about adaptation and it's why we've always got to be very kind to ourselves with what we are or aren't comfortable with in the surf because if you just haven't surfed double overhead barreling waves then you just haven't surfed them so to go into that is actually it is just overwhelming. And that's okay. It's, it's cool. That's okay. Absolutely. And that, you know, we talk about adult beginners on this and we talk about kids uh, learning to do something. At the beginning of everything, there are always going to be humans who do it so much better than you. And often the reason they do it so much better than you is they've done it so many more times than you. And frequency and practice and repetition is the reason that they're at the pinnacle, if they're somebody like a Jamie O'Brien, of what they do. And also you throw into that, yeah, conditioning and adaptation to the thing that they do more than you which is in his case riding uber barrels and super powerful shore breaks but um you put a capable human into that environment for the same amount of time and they keep doing it again and again and again and they'll get to a level of competence um and sometimes the, your level of competence that you beat yourself up about talking to ourselves as we usually do will um is simply that you haven't put enough hours time practice into the thing you're trying to excel at it's so true. So true. And in surf, it's particularly challenging because that canvas can be hard to get hold of. Yeah. If you uh, have had a lot of work on, had an injury, um, the weather conditions haven't played 
their part. The surf conditions haven't played their part and so on. Family commitments, keep going here. When stuff gets in the way of you getting to surf, it, it can be a challenge. And this is where things like surf skates are so cool. Um, but it's also where patience is is even cooler because, geez, surfers, we do need to be per, uh, we need to be able to persevere, but we do need to be patient because you only get that canvas to play on, to practice on in quite small uh, snippets, really. So to see progression and to feel progression and to make 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 to get that sense like you are moving forward um, is is a long old game. But that's why. When you then have that moment when you're on rail and you are hitting the lip in such a way with flow and with precision and with power and uh, re-entry like never before, that when you get that moment, that moment is so special because it, it just locks its, itself into your subconscious mind of, of this is why I surf. It's not because I get, I get this all the time. It's because I get it not all the time. It's the it's the infrequency of it, the scarcity of it that makes us come back again and again and again and again and again. And this is, this is the addiction of surfing, is you come back over and over and over because you just don't get that many opportunities. So if you do suddenly find yourself in the Maldives on a point break that's 300 meters long and there's only a few out and you're in your bodies and you're doing a five-hour session, it's why when, when there are certain sessions in your life, and it could be anywhere, it could be at your local, like we've had incredibly special sessions here in our brown water where the waves are a little bit slow and a bit cold. But we've had sessions where you've been in for two, three, four hours and God, you just get canvas after canvas after canvas and you can practice and play and experiment and push it and go. And But to, to, to then want that surf back again for the next one isn't realistic. And it's also not what makes the special one special. You know, if you if you had special after special after special after special, you just get a you just get a dopamine overload, and before you know it, you actually you start to crash a little bit. Yeah, and you come off that. It's quite it's quite a, oof. Yeah, and you can have too much of a good thing, as the old saying goes: familiarity breeds contempt, and all of that. And I, it must be very hard to become that surfer where the abundance of the thing that you get such joy out of kills the joy itself. We don't have that problem. <laughs> <laughs> where we live, where we live. I'd like to get a little bit closer to that uh, state, but uh, yeah, we just don't have it, do we? We, we? we don't have it at all, but you do meet people all the time and they're from places like Hawaii. They're from places like Cornwall. They're from places where you get a lot, a lot of swell a lot, a lot of the time and they're, and they're a little bit shall we say, unstoked. Meh. That's the little word. A bit, little bit meh. And they'll look at conditions that to us, we're like, oh my God, and I'm trembling oh. with excitement. But to them, they're sort of looking at, well, sort of thing. And even when it is fully, fully on, they'll sort of still go in with quite a sort of, a, don't I say abject view of it, but very much like a sort of, yeah, yeah, looking forward to it. Let's go for it. As opposed to that, that, that major excitement. And when you're thinking about Life, and you're thinking about surf, and you're thinking about the emotions you want to feel. Well, what are those emotions? Well, it's excitement, it's gratitude, it's being enthralled, it's being, um, it's having sort of that healthy anxiety, that sort of what if, and it's having, it's having all anticipation is the word I'm looking for. It's it's all these emotions and and, and satisfaction that you get. Let's say when you've done a great turn, or you got out from the surf, and it's been cold, oh, and now yeah. you now you're warm again. And what we're trying to look for in life is positive emotion. This is what drives us. And when you can get that from your surf lifestyle, you're winning. You're getting what you want from it. And it's why it's so important to keep your mindset on that because we get so caught up in the bullshit all the time. And the bullshit is, how did I perform? How did I do? 
what are the conditions? Who's in? Who's not in? Um, when am I going to get in next? You know, when you know, and and it, it, all these things kind of confuse the situation because when you really break it back down, it is that thing. And you mentioned this on the last show. It's about yes, it's having that 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 serious bit, like let's try and perform, but it's also remembering that man. Just what are you trying to get from this? It's positive emotion. Well, it's keeping like, your mind alive to that. It's it's also. You know, we, we used to say right at the beginning of the show when we started recording from episodes like one to ten or whatever even, that you want to stay in the state of surf school happy. Sometimes those people who are learning something are happier than you are if you're starting to get to a mastery of it because they there's a sort of new door to open all the time and there's a new joy to it and they realise the scarcity of it and they haven't become over-familiar with it and they haven't become, uh, you know, too cool for it or whatever else you want to apply to it. And given that we're at this time of year... The other, dare I say, cheesy analogy is you want to be like a kid at Christmas who is getting something that they didn't quite think, you know, that anticipation is, are you going to get the thing that you want to do? Uh, and you're not a spoiled little fucker who gets everything that they want at all the time that they want. You're the kid that's parents have to save and scrimp and work hard and then they deliver this present that's the thing that you've always dreamt of when you're still in that magical, uh, you know, Santa believing period of your life. When you, the, the, there's a magic to it still. And sometimes, you, you know, you progress as a surfer and you become the sort of teenage grot bag who goes, oh, I don't believe in Father Christmas anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't want anything. <laughs> so it Don't is, give me anything. Don't give me anything. So it's kind of like maintaining that childlike appreciation for the, that, that, yeah, that one, it's like a scarcity thing, isn't it? Yeah, that one treat that you get. And that's what waves are. They're, yeah. a, they're a carefully wrapped present. Oh. That's got a lot of thought put into it. They, they are the best. Oh, what? That's yeah. I feel like a sort of lyrical buble. <laughs> Liam, I absolutely love that. That is, and given that the time of year we're in, this this, this Christmas time, we got a little, we got to almost come up with a little bit of a buble. Uh, by the way, if you don't know who buble, Michael, is it Michael, Michael buble, buble, a professional surfer, isn't he? <laughs> who's <laughs> he would be a sort of single fin, kind of eight o mid length kind of. Do you think? Singing a oh, I'm going down the line, and I'm doing a cutback <laughs> to the foam, and it's Christmas and my balls are freezing. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. I don't think he's worried about his um his singing career being overtaken <laughs> by you, Will. <laughs> he's, he's sitting there listening. Is Actually, that's that's our third listener now. Yeah, Bublé. have you heard? It's have you heard? It's Michael Bublé, Kelly, and Rob Machado, and Char- and Rob Machado. What all sat together? All. In a bu- room. Buble singing at the surf ranch. Correct. In fact, Kelly's playing his guitar. Yeah. <laughs> Machado's in the corner stroking his hair, brushing it, getting the dreads ready. Ah. Oh. And, and Buble's giving it on the vocals, so... I reckon Machado does play a ukulele. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? He's no, kind of... No, no, no. Barefoot, Not a cheap one either. No, no, no. Nice bespoke one. Almost custom made. Yeah. And... You know, Jack Johnson gave me this ukulele <laughs> <laughs> when I was out in Hawaii. <laughs> What I love with your Machado's impressions is that I really hope, firstly, that he he listens to this one day. I that's the first I, thing. I don't. I, I really do. And also, secondly, that it doesn't sound anything like him. That's what makes the impressions so much better. That's what that's what I why I love it. I think you spoke about this with Mortimer, didn't you? That, I think it's a homage too, yes. rather than an impersonation. Yeah, I love of. it. I absolutely love it. But no, I think it's um, going back. It does talking about surf, right? We did actually get in. It's been a few sessions, not many, but a few, but they've all been quite distinct, worth talking about. We had one uh, on the North Coast 
And it's not the kind of spot you surf uh, low tide very often, but really, really worked. And it was just, we me, uh, myself, yourself, and a great friend, Rory Morgan, was in as well. Um, and it was just special. He just kind of... Um, about head high, maybe two feet overhead occasionally, chest high as well. So yeah, maybe, okay, let's say chest high to, to a little overhead and breaking quite slowly, but also powerfully. And my word, that makes surfing a breeze. So what you get, I mean, listen, no matter where you, 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 you surf in the world, you're going to get some sections that break quicker, some sections that break slow. But what you ideally want is a bit of both. So what you get is you get a takeoff, initially a bit of speed, then a little bit of a, a backing off onto a wall to be able to allow you to do your turn, come back to the foam and so on, and then do another sort of manoeuvre down the line, another speed line, and then another manoeuvre and so on. That's your sort of classic beach break vibe. And it really was that, wasn't it? We it, were getting... It was magic. Two, three, four sometimes turns on each wave. It, those days, I mean, and obviously this it's quite an interesting level of surfing between the three of us, you know? Obviously me being the best. Uh, and then, of course. Uh, you and Rory can fight out who's next, the next ripper. But... Um, you know, it, you kind of there was something for everybody, wasn't there? On on those on those waves, and they were powerful and they were big, but they're still quite forgiving. That's the other great thing about that spot. Um, and it wasn't as crowded as we perhaps thought would have thought it would be, given the, how pumping it was, which enabled us to surf in some of the better spots where it picks up the best peaks. So it was one of those days in surfing, as I said, you know, like the kind of Christmas analogy, where everything comes together, and every present you open is like, whoa! How is how is this possible? Um, it was also my last gloveless surf of 2022. So I'm glad, what was that, beginning of December? So we got yep. right into December with no gloves. And then as I couldn't open the van after I got out, I realised it was time to put some gloves on. <laughs> I've got another story about Did I talk to you about the mitts? I'm digressing here. So I bought Go some on. mitts. Yeah. I bought some O'Neill mitts because, you know, we like the O'Neill wetsuits, even though they haven't thrown us anything to sort of say how good those wetsuits are. Um, so I thought, oh, yeah, why not? I got my Vans boots now because I'm getting, you know, I'm a pro now, so I have to, I have to, I have to get those. So I thought I'll buy some O'Neill mitts because my hands, when I finally do start going cold, they really they're freezing, you know. And once I've lost the feeling in them, you know, old person circulation and all that. So I thought, what's the what's the obvious answer? I'll get some mitts. Mitts keep your hands together, as you know, and so they'll be much warmer. And by God, they're warm. The problem is, you can get one mitt on, especially if you're on your own, but you can't get two mitts on. Well, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> so the first time I tried to use them, I was on my own in, in uh, parked the car, got the, got the one mitt on, couldn't then get the other mitt on, nor could I actually pick up my keys to lock the car and anything else with the flu. <laughs> so even if, even if I ever got two of them on, it would have been a, a mess. So I've reverted back to gloves, which are colder, admittedly, not as high performance, admittedly, but at least I can get them both on and off and they keep my hands warm, and uh, it's more practical. I don't know if, if, please, if you've ever had any, if anybody knows how to make mitts work for them, I'm all ears. It, it, it's interesting you mentioning all of this, because I've been through a serious amount of wetsuit gloves over the years, and we've often talked about this, I think we've mentioned this on the show before, why the hell hasn't someone figured out gloves yet? It's just a matter of time before someone nails it, like where they don't leak, they don't start... Going all funny, like like like, but you know, wet wet balloons that just gonna fill up with water. It, and it's so I'm so I've been through every brand. I'm now on to I'm back. In fact, back should I say? Because I have had a few XL gloves over the years, but I'm back to some XL Infinity five mil 
mitts. So they are pure mitts. They're not lobster. Oh, and they're here not we five go. Finger. He's a mitt. I'm going to learn about I've mitts gone, now. I've gone pure mitt. Now, here's the thing. Because they're five mil, not super, super thick, um, you, and because the wrist is actually fairly loose, you can get the other one on. Now, I think it's, I think it's to do with how tight the, the wrist cuff is. Now, now, it's funny you talk about O'Neill. Okay, friend of the show, Ollie Pine bought some O'Neills. It was really funny. We were about to go surfing the other day. And I said, oh, and he said, oh, I want, you, I want you to see the mitts. They're really, really cool. And I said, oh, cool, awesome. Let's have a look. And he, <laughs> he went to get one on. I was like, oh, that's tight. Cool. Getting your hand through that next little wristy bit. Oh, he's got big hands on. He's got big hands as well. And I thought, well, how the hell are you going to get the other one on once that one's on? If that were... And then, of course, he went, oh, God, you've got a really good point. <laughs> so the thing with mitts is you really do need to buy a pair that have a loose enough wrist. Now, obviously, what happens is, ideally, then you have your suit goes over the wrist, and that stops it leaking. Uh, good luck with that. First one, first mitt on, Yeah, the suit is over the cuff. It's still really hard. It's so true. It's getting, it's getting, your, it's getting the wrist of your suit over the cuff. So well, what mil did you get? You must have got... The five mil. Are they, are they five? So they five. five should be okay. But here's the thing. The opposable thumb, you know, obviously... it's. As humans, we have thumbs and opposable thumbs at work, and you can sort of manipulate things with your hands as a consequence. That's what makes us, I think, an advanced species. Uh, but once a mitt's on, you can't make enough contact nope. or tight enough contact between your thumb and your first finger, or indeed any of your fingers, to have an impact on dexterity, de tasks that require just basic dexterity. I'm not threading a needle. I'm trying no. to do two things. No. I'm trying to zip up my wetsuit, chest zip, and I'm trying to put the other one on. That's a challenge in itself. And then even if I manage to do that, pull the wetsuit sleeve over the top of the... I cannot even pinch enough to get the wetsuit sleeve open, up and over the oh, mitt cuff. Seriously. I mean, I've, it's first world problem, been... I understand. <laughs> I have been there, and it is a mission. My current pair with my current suit has been okay. It's still quite challenging, but we'll, 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 we'll kind of cover those bases as we go. But actually, I've got to mention that because we had another surf, and that's with this one I'm mentioning in mind, at another spot on a south coast near us, and it was a pumping day, and I was riding my new Hyper Freak Fire, which we haven't even spoken about, 5.4. Now, I haven't gone to 5.4 for a long, long time. Yeah, you I thought this year I'm going to go I'm invest because I've been doing more fasting, I'm leaner this year. I'm lighter. I think I mentioned this on the show a few times. I'm riding smaller boards this year. Um, so things have switched a little bit. And when you fast all day, particularly in winter, and you do anything more than an hour surfing, hour and a half, two, you need rubber, like seriously. And so I thought, right, let's invest on this. And this shoot should last quite a long time because I won't use it that often. It's got to be cold, cold to wear. Um, and it was. It was really cold the other day. We were surfing two days ago and it was, it was, it was what, air temperature is probably like minus three the seat, the seat is about e 10. Easily, yeah. And so it was one of those ones where, my God, was I humbled because you wear, a, you wear an extra mil of neoprene and you go to paddle. Whoa. It's like, quah, and it was like tiring. But of course, the cold meant, meant that breathing was quite tiring too. So initially in that surf, it was a real, real challenge. And I was paddling around like, quah, just trying to get my head sorted because the waves were quite big. And... 
I'm in this new suit, which felt beautiful. It just was a little bit more tiring on the arms. And, and, and the paddle was, was tough too. I think if it hadn't been such a tough paddle, it would have been okay. But one of those surfs where when you started to then combine um, people paddling into you who didn't seem like they had control of their surfboard, uh, and that's, that's, that's people who look like beginners, charging on big waves, going straight-handing them, not even going down the line, just taking off on them. So having no control, then you've got a couple of longboarders doing the same. There were some stand-up paddlers charging on a couple, like just bailing their boards and the big leash was going out and everything. And these waves were, I'll go as far as saying double overhead on some of the sets. It was pretty massive and pretty heavy too. Most of the sets were sort of head high, maybe two feet overhead in between. Um, it was a good test. It was a good test. I, I was really not in the zone. I, t- I th- probably spent the first 40 minutes just trying to get my breathing set because another thing happened. There was so many things. So I almost got trashed by a stand-up paddler. That freaked me out. And I used my, I used my lib tech to cover my face as the board started to win out. So what I did was rather than just go, oh, I'll, let, I'll save the board, which, we, which is so fucking stupid. Like as surfers, why, we save our surfboards rather than our faces. I mean, that's a silly. But anyway, it made me think, thank God for a lib tech. Because not only should the board, if I had have been hit, the board probably would have been fine, but I would have also had a, a, an intact face. Yeah. So anyway, just just a note to LibTech, hats off to you. The shield, so I, the shield of LibTech. The shield of LibTech. So I quickly grabbed my LibTech and put it in front of my face, and thankfully the board didn't hit me. So that happened. Then a beginner almost ran into me as well. I wasn't getting waves. I then did get a wave after about 30 minutes, which is long for me. I'm normally straight in getting waves. Got a wave, down the line, down the line, did a, did a really cool turn. And I got my board in a really weird, but not cool little angle. I kind of whipped it right round and I had my board almost facing the wrong way, like, like do, to do like a tail slide. And I was tail sliding down the wrong way and then just came off as you do. And because I got my board into a weird and funny angle, it, the board flipped and it, it cut my new suit off the back of my hamstring. A perfect four inch line and it was only about half a mil from going into the skin and I, I said to the lad said to my mates if I've been wearing boardies <laughs> bye bye hamstring tendon hamstring, yeah. but anyway um, that happened then that started leaking a little bit but not too bad and then it, that got in my head and it, the whole start of that surf was no joke probably the most challenging 45 minutes I've had in a significant long time in surf and the thing as we always say is the breath the breath, the breath, the breath, the breath, the breath. Either get out. If you're having one of those sessions, either get out and just take, take your licking and, and take your humble pie and just calm it all down. Accept the situation. Hard to do, but just accept it. Or if you're going to stay in, you've somehow got to bring your vibe back because I had frustration, a bit of anger, um, vibe going on from these other surfers. It was a lot of rip, a lot of size, the cold, then this new suit that's just been, thankfully I've repaired it and it's fine, but it was, according to my head at that time, like, is it going to be okay? Is it fucked? So there's loads of shit going on. And then you've got to get your vibe back. You've got to find a way. And it was this thing where I sort of boogie boarded in. I thought, right, I'm going to get the rip again. Just fuck all this paddling out the back. I'm just going to take this rip. There's a big rip there by the rocks. So just go all the way back to the rip. So I got out of the sea, walked down the beach. Let's get the rip. And as I'm walking down the beach, it's about a 10 minute walk. I did all this breathing in and breathing out and breathing in and breathing out. And I just did it over and over and over and over and over. And then before going in, I squatted by the water's edge in a deep squat and just felt the belly breath, just felt my diaphragm in, felt my diaphragm out. I said, right. And then the mantra I had in my head was no expectations. Just go in pure and just paddle out 
And as I paddled out, I felt better initially. That's the first thing, because I'd been doing better breathing. Because for at least 40 minutes, my breathing would have been terrible because I was producing nothing but stress hormones. So my breathing's obviously gotten better. So my stress hormones have dropped right down. Feeling better, feeling better. Oh, the suit feels quite loose. Oh, it's actually my arms have come back. Paddling, paddling. Saw a friend of ours, Rory Morgan, again, of the show. Hats off to Morgan. Um, saw Rory. We both had a chat. Um, he looked at my suit. He said, no, it's actually not too bad. That made me feel better. Seeing Rory made me feel better too. I got this sort of lift, like, oh, okay, right, let's settle in. Load of people. So that was a good challenge. Like, good, a good 15, 20, good, not just average surface, but like good surface on this one peak. But for some reason, then they were all out the way, which is no coincidence. It's just vibe. They were suddenly all out the way because everyone was waiting for this, let's be honest, like world-class right-hander. And the right suddenly came. I was the only one in the spot. And it was it was um, an unbelievable wave. And my friend Rory saw it and he said, I surfed it. He said I surfed it as, as well as I've he seen me surf. And the whole thing was amazing. And it was only one of maybe three or four waves I had in the whole session. But it was just another great example of when you're having that kind of session, something's got to change. You've got to switch your mind. It's not your body, it's your mind. Yeah. It's where it comes. Your psychology is affecting your physiology. So breathe, breathe, breathe. It makes such a difference. And everybody's human gets into panic mode, whatever, life, surfing, other sports, you know, just queuing in the supermarket, whatever you're doing. If you get into that zone, it's hard to dig yourself out of sometimes. But if you do and you breathe, it does get back to a sense of wellness and at least you're back in a place where you can start again. So, no, I completely agree. What's making me think, though, about if you have done something to your suit and somebody, you do a, you get a wave and you come off and you think, has anybody seen that? Some guy goes, mate, you're ripped. And you're like, yeah, I know. you really ripped. I know. No, your suit's ripped. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it was really weird. Do you know what it felt like? It felt like I'd torn the muscle so much that I was just profusely bleeding because it was like a slight sensation of liquid under my leg. And I went, oh my God. So honestly, because I thought initially, it was like sort of like a sort of slight watery feeling. They're funny injuries, those, if you have them, where you've got something on suits, particularly when you're surfing. Yeah, I, yeah. I did it. <clears throat> Remember, I think it was sort of end of the summer with me, me and Ollie were surfing and I hit the board so hard. Again, I thought I'd had the wave of my life. So I did this, what I thought was quite a good dismount. But as I sort of, you know, went over the back of the wave, still standing and then dropped onto what I thought was my uh, belly and then to paddle back out, I landed straight on my balls. And I thought, I think, I think I've basically done something significantly uh, serious to get out of the water and check everything. <laughs> oh, man. And you can't Ow, dude. get a grip in a suit to go, is everything, st what's, what, is everything still there and yeah. intact? So you have these moments where if, you've got, if you're wearing something and you injure yourself, it's only when you take it off, you go, oh, thank God for that. Yeah. So true, dude. I, I hit my hand with a sledgehammer once while I was wearing gloves doing some proper grafting like real, real like grafting oh, grafting up and it I hit it hard enough I broke it but I thought that's it it's come off or it's not going to be and you know that moment where you pull the glove and I'm like is it still there yes it's still there not very good but thank god it's everything's attached and it's a bit like that if you injure yourself in a wetsuit isn't it it's fin slices that so in some ways they are protective like we've often said even if you're what, surfing thank god for wetsuits just have two mil on just in case that fin sort of slices. Across. Love wearing a suit. I think you just feel more protected in a yeah. suit. But you know, it's all it's, it's also this thing with with surf that there is risk when you go in um, with what you can do. It's part of why we're out there. When you when you're involved in real risk, you 
a lot of your faculties that you want to come alive come alive. That that your mind comes more alive, your body feels more alive, your soul, you're more awake to the moment because you're so present. And part of it, and part of that, not all of that, obviously, because too much, and then you're just feeling unsafe. But a lot of why we go in is because of that. But the way to mitigate it and manage it is to stay in the moment and, and notice your breathing, and also just accept it because nothing ventured, nothing gained. Um, if you're going to get the way of your life, you've got to be out there. Uh, it's no good being in the car or being in the office. You've got to be out there having a crack and 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 that and that but and, and we accept the consequences That's we accept, a great, we accept, great we ex- point we accept um the duality in in all things but the, the reward is so worth it it's so so worth it um and the great thing with water and great thing with the ocean is it's it, it, depending on whether a, a standard paddles standard paddles coming into you or not which is another thing altogether but it's it's um it's water yeah, man, that's it. You know. It's not like snowboarding, skating. You know, if, if we were doing a podcast about skating, oh, I wonder if we'd have a different oh, situation. On our hands. We probably wouldn't even be able to hold onto the microphone because our wrists would be yeah. just constantly sprained and broken. And you talk I, to any skater. I mean, I've I've spoken to skaters, uh, good friends who are skaters, and the injury list is insane. And the same with mountain bikers. If you go a proper proper downhill mountain biker, collarbones, mate. Snowboarders, all the we in our sport in surfing, we're blessed. Yeah, to have the ocean. Now, sometimes when you hit it at high speed, it can feel pretty hard water. But he drown. Yeah, but no broken bones, dude. Well, so there you go. <laughs> Surfing's yeah. all or nothing. Yeah, yeah. It's either bye bye, yeah. or you're absolutely fine. Though, apart from poor Ben Gravy, who was we saying last well, week, well, that bro- is unusual. He, that, no, he that broke is his collarbone. Real freak injury. Yeah, freak it. Because you look at that, that footage, and you're like, no way. But you're right, skaters. I think in some ways that's why. We talked about this a couple of years ago, maybe, but about skating can be quite, you know, you go to a skate park and I don't personally frequent them because I'm not uh, a good enough or as fanatical about skating as as others. But what I respect about them is they can often be quite supportive and welcoming communities of people, skaters. So they're they're like hoping that you do well. There's a, and and some of that is because there's a nowhere to hide and the jeopardy of uh, coming off is quite significant, isn't it? Like you say, hitting concrete. So there's a sort of, I think, a respect that comes from people trying to skate and skating that builds some sense of, I don't know, supportiveness. Uh, I've seen a few people talk about this that can be absent in surfing where it's all about how good you are compared with somebody else and looking down on someone, you know? The, the scarcity of waves added to human nature yeah. and suddenly you've got a recipe there for, yeah, they're not being support for each other. Um, and the irony in it is that if is that the less you support your fellow surfer, the fewer waves you'll get, and the ones you do get, you won't surf as well as you could if you got more waves from being more supportive. And because it's, it's your vibe. If mm. if you're in that vibe where you are gunning for other people, well, guess what? It's going to attract you more waves. You're going to find yourself catching more waves, having a better time, feeling yeah. looser, feeling more relaxed. There was a guy I was in the water with on whatever day it was this this recent surf I had with the. Um, Broken with the stripped wetsuit. It wet was suit. Monday because I was working with, and I couldn't Monday. go. I there couldn't you, go. There you go. It was Monday, and there was a, there was a guy who was surfing backhand, and he was ripping, really nice style, and he was surfing so so close to the pocket, and it was really impressive. And I had a really good time just watching him, mm. and it, he did it a couple of times, and eventually I got got near him. And he had a nice sort of friendly face about him, and I just came straight out with, "Dude, I got to say." loved watching your last couple of ways. You would surf in so tight to the pocket and da 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 da, da. And I carry on, on mentioning it. And, and the look on his face was quite remarkable. And the thing is, in the end, he was the only guy really, apart from Rory, 
getting ways because he was he was that good. He was a proper, proper top surfer. And because of the vibe shift, not necessarily in him, because he was already in a, in a really solid vibe, but the, the shift in me mostly from just talking to someone and being open and, and nice in that way. Because I do, I love seeing surfers surf well because I, 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 want, I want what they want. So why wouldn't I want to see in them what I want to see in me? So it's all universal. It's all this kind of one energy. And I... Um, do you know, it's a big thing, isn't it? If you support someone, because... We're, it's quite judgmental, isn't it, surfing, as we said sometimes? And Very. There's, a, there's, a, there's sometimes a vibe from, including ourselves, because we're, we're all fallen into this at times, a lack of goodwill <laughs> or wanting the best for your fellow surfers and supporting them, supporting them in a sort of way in the ocean. Now, don't get me wrong, out, off, out of the water is quite a sort of, it can be quite a supportive community and so But in the water, because of the scarcity and the competitiveness sometimes for those waves, that kind of humanist bit that we all like to wear on our sleeves is, hey man, I'm a surfer, I'm a pretty chilled out, easygoing, happy-go-lucky, nice, nice, kind person. Oh, I've seen some, I've seen some nice, kind people not be very nice and kind in the uh, in the sea, uh, because it's like something else takes. It's like a road rage kind of uh, mist descends on them. You know, it's weird. It, it is weird, and I'll be the first to admit that I feel it yeah. almost every time. I'm in a crowded surf, semi-crowded even, or, or fully crowded. I mean, yeah, when it's not and it's really quiet, then, that, then that's the surfer's dream, right? Just you and your mate and someone else. I mean, that's why we're really blessed, actually, with some of the spots we have near us, um, that we can find space most of the time. Um, but when you do find yourself in, in those situations, when I find myself in those situations, um, God, geez, yeah, I feel that ego. I really do. It, it really pops up. And it, it's this competitive, it's unconscious competitiveness is what it is it's this thing where yeah. if i don't compete for these waves how am i going to get enough and if i don't get enough how am i going to get better how am i going to get my stoke and all we're thinking about is us and and me and it and it's it's this really insular view that lowers your vibe gets you fewer waves yeah makes it harder to paddle harder to do turns and it's such a paradox and it's therefore so important that we let other people get waves we support within the lineup we make ourselves known to other people and we say hey and how's your surf going and be friendly and all these kind of things because I guarantee you it will get you more ways it, but it's not uh, easy to do exactly and to be, well, so to be on the be receiving end of a from somebody who is a stranger as well or a, a kind of a claim or hand raise that says well done um, lifts that person right so it's like a sort of compliment to a stranger I had it I, I think I told you quite, quite a while ago there's, a, there's somebody who uh, kind of don't really know, but sometimes as as, as in spots we surf, given a bit of a grumpy vibe off, or a bit of like a a vibe that you you know they sort of just want to get their own waves, and that's cool. And I managed to take off one day with uh, this guy near the near the rocks, and I managed to make a, a a left takeoff really close to these, but I got a great wave. You know, it felt like a good wave. And this guy who sometimes is a bit you know gives you the eye to say that's my wave gave me a uh, hands in the air you and I, it, I, I that was my last wave of the day I got out and I felt amazing and it just is those little moments it might not have been that great you know if I watched it on Surfline or something Surfline re Rewind uh, but to have somebody else acknowledge it and somebody who is traditionally not that stoked for your wave that you catch <laughs> was amazing so if you can pass that forward a little bit why not make someone stay especially if you if you're kind of local to a break or you see somebody trying or whatever, uh, it, it, it makes you feel good as well. It does. And it's, it's reminding ourselves that we all have the same goal, yeah. that we, you know, we all want 
Stoke. So the more you share it from from yourself, you more you give it away, the more it tells the universe you have enough in reserve. And because you have enough in reserve, apparently then bang, 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 wave after wave after wave after wave, you get your wave count goes through the roof because you have within you an abundance. If you have an abundance of energy within you, positive energy, that says, go get that wave, I'm supporting you, I've got your corner, do well, you know, that was really good, well done, you know, da, 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 then, then it, it, comes, it comes back. It's a boomerang effect. And, oh, and I love that in surf. surf surfing is a great representation of your, your vibe, basically. Massively. Hey, hope you're enjoying the show. If you connect with what we do here at The Mindful Surfer, why not share it with your friends? Or go on over to iTunes and leave us a review. Because the more ratings we have, the more likely it is Liam and I can come back week after week and keep building this community of mindful surfers. Now, let's get back to the show. What an intro. We're flying through. Um, second number two, the mindful surfer. Just a couple of moments to take a couple of breaths. So take a breath in through your nose. And breathe out. And then take a breath in. And breathe out. And breathe in again through your nose. And breathe out. Just do one last breath. Breathe in through your nose for four seconds. So one, two, three, four. Hold your breath. Really see what you can see, observe it with focus, and then breathe out for eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, and rest. Um, second number three, mind, body, stoke, things Liam and I have been working on with the mind and body to raise the stoke. One thing I want to mention this week is on nutrition. We've not covered that for a little while. Um, fasting. We've mentioned it a number of times on the show. Now, I've been helping clients to either stay in shape and get in better shape or lose weight and, and get into shape uh, for almost 20 years now. Um, and still to this day, the most effective nutrition tool that is out there is not anything to do with what you eat, although of course that's important, but it's when you eat it. So fasting does this thing. So the longer you fast, the more autophagy you get. Autophagy is you're basically your body sweeping up all of the unwanted free radical damage that goes on day after day through uh, stress, through um, uh, sugar intake, carbohydrate intake, because that creates oxidation, exercise, um, dealing with bills, dealing with this, dealing with that, whatever, even going for surfs creates uh, oxidative damage. And you sweep all that shit up. So you feel amazing. You feel better. You feel brighter. You feel like your sleep gets deeper. Your mood feels more stable and so on and so on and so on the more autophagy you get. Now, the challenge around that as a surfer is when do you eat around that? As in, do you need to eat to fuel your surf? Well, actually, no. That's, I think it's one of the biggest myths that is out there is that you have to have a banana before a surf and you have to have this before a surf and this after a surf and so on, so on, so on. I've been always intermittent fasting, uh, not always, but for at least 12, 13, 14 years, I've intermittent fasted and that's not eating till... 12, 1, 2 p.m. each day. And then the last year to a year and a half, I think it was since my f sort of COVID bits that I'd had, it really affected my guts because I got really affected uh, by COVID, um, not in any other system in my body except my digestive 
system. So I became even more food sensitive. So I had to start to figure out ways of working my way through that. And I then discovered that actually the longer and longer I, I left it, the, the better and better I felt, the better I digested again. And so for me, since COVID, it's about this all day fast. And it's not eating, not eating each day until 7pm. Um, it has been transformative. And, and I am leaner. Um, I'm just as strong. Because you don't want to... With one of the tricky things with fasting, you don't want to fast so much that you lose muscle. But I'm, I'm, I'm still feeling strong. Um, I am leaner. I feel healthier as well. I'm digesting food a bit better. And the list goes on and on. Joints feel better, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But the challenge becomes not necessarily how do you fuel your surfing? Because again, like I said, that's a myth. Once you've got your fat burning systems up and running and you can tap into last night's meal like that, easy peasy, because you've done enough uh, fasting, it's, it's, it's a piece of cake. What isn't easy is if you if you get cold. So I have found in this cold snap, when I have surfed, it's like, yikes. Trying to get warm is is a bit more of a challenge. That is the one challenge that I say I, I have found that I think... Yeah. Because you would probably say the same well, you, when you're fasting. Yeah. I mean, I, I'd love a banana before I go surfing. I just had that. Dead good. Um, but yeah, I think that's probably one of my... I was very resilient to cold. Until I did bits of fad, not, not as extreme as you will, but I do fast every now and again. And um, so yesterday I just had one. I did that, just have one meal yesterday, but today I'm, I'm... And actually, I just have to caveat, December is a month where I let it out a little bit anyway, because, you know, work is, is t- traditionally... What's it? So you say it out? Are you talking about that? <laughs> um, just my uh, slightly more controlled, you know, eating and, and, and uh, you know, drinking is a, is, is, a, is a passion sometimes. But Christmas is a sort of time where I just kind of go, okay, I'll have, it's like a cheap, I hate using that word, cheap month sometimes. Or I'm a bit kinder to myself on what I, what I consume. However, the thing I have noticed a lot is, yeah, because your body requires, when you're cold, you, you're, you're looking for energy, aren't you? And if you haven't got enough in your system, you're burning through something that's not there. So absolutely, you, you, that is when I, you sort of feel it. And it's been like minus two or something. It's very, very difficult then. Uh, and actually, if you do have something, to, to, and certainly if you get your blood sugars in the right place, you can sort of combat that a little bit. But so yeah, it's true. very, very tricky. And it's interesting because I found that, I have, I mean, I have a fatty coffee in the morning. It's called a Bulletproof Coffee. Uh, you want to look that up, just look up Dave Asprey, Bulletproof Coffee, and the reasons why he, he made that coffee and the, the whole idea behind it with the fat in the coffee and everything else. Yeah. I was thinking about putting brandy cream in my coffee this morning, given it was Christmas. <laughs> Dude. It, hey. Be lovely. It, I'm, I pre-surf. Yeah. Nice and relaxed going Warm in. you up, a little bit of brandy. A little bit, bit of warmth. A bit of cream. Very nice. Yeah. I mean, talking about that, talking about ergogenic aids for surfing, surfing, interestingly, doesn't require more of the uppers. It's more of the downers. Surfing requires more of the calming ergogenic aids, like, I dare I say, cannabis, I suppose, would be probably in there. Um your booze, bit of brew, bit of brandy, bit of that pre-serve. But I don't think, you know, in terms of the, the sort of classic drugs that are out there, if you do go this, for the spike, the up, mm. not necessarily, necessarily always going to help because then you, you're too energized because you're already energizing the surf anyway. Um, this is a complete tangent and uh, take this as you will. But ecstasy before a surf, that could be quite a tasty little. Mickey Dora, interestingly. <laughs> yeah. Have I mentioned him? Yeah. Mickey Dora, the, the, the godfather of, of, of basically modern surfing, really, if you read his autobiography. Fantastic autobiography, by the way. I really, I really recommend anyone. I, I, I haven't read it. Please, please read that. In fact, I've got a copy in the house. I'll, I'll lend it to you. Amazing, hey, there, amazing book. There, there's, there's a Christmas... Uh, yeah. Christmas. It, put that on your Christmas list. I, and I, I, I really, I won't spoil this, how the story goes because it is a remarkable story. But 
Um, Mickey Dora was the Malibu uh, king, and he was the guy that started this whole locals only thing. He's you know the whole word kook, yeah, everything that comes out this kind of like this whole thing of like you know you're an idiot surfer, what are you doing here? Where are you from? Out of town, blah blah blah. It started with with him, and he was a fantastic surfer. But he was famous for uh, LSD before surfs. Wow. And uh, yeah, I could just imagine. I've never taken LSD, but I just I'm wondering if that could be quite a fun thing to Good do. Good boards, though, the LSDs. <laughs> the Luke Short. Luke Short. <laughs> it's Luke Short. I've, he's been very calm. We have interacted with him on, uh, on, on Instagram a, a few times. I, that board, as I go on about it a lot, I go on about the obviously the the, the, the foamy that I like to ride. Um but that board, you 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 had it before me, um, is a phenomenal board. The LSD always makes me think of that. Great, great board. It, it is a phenomenal board. It's got that flat, rocked beak nose. Yeah. So the, what happens with the beak nose is it gets you in a little earlier. And what I'll go as far as saying is phenomenal when the waves are really slow. So you've got real fat waves, particularly the ones we get here, basically. But as soon as the waves get a little bit punch, punchy, you just want that tiny bit of nose rocket, which I think you talked about. I always say if I could, one day if I meet uh, Mr. Short, uh, to say, could could you create that twinny but with a bit of rocker? I think it'd be the best, but I'm sure he does. <laughs> I just haven't been through his catalogue yet. But. It's, it's, I think it's the chubby cheddar. Yeah. If you look, if you look down, because he's got a serious amount of boards, yeah. he's a great shaper. That if you look at the board, it's the I think it's chubby cheddar because it's still got the width. It's got the little kick out the tail, yeah. but the nose has a bit more lift. Yeah. Still flat in the middle. Yeah. But oh man, boards are just. I've digressed there, haven't I? I swear, so, boards boards are an absolute blessing, but also a beautiful challenge because you kind of always slightly onto the next one. And when you find a bit of content, I, I mean, to be honest, I I am I am very contented with this current one. This is the puddle jumper high performance, and as listeners would know, I've cu- I've come away from my original puddle jumper i know because i've slightly i've slightly outgrown it a little bit i've still got i've still got my original old one you, do you know which what has now been fixed do you know what you, you you like one of these hollywood celebrities who goes on every chat show and says how much they love their partner and then it transpires that you've found someone else correct it's that kind of it's, lo- it's, you, it's i love my board i love my board love my board love my board i love my new board <laughs> <laughs> it's true but it's that thing, and I think I think Ombi were mentioning this recently. Uh, I remember uh, people were shocked though when you put the aubergine up for sale. I know, I know. The, the purple because we we we've, we've talked about puddles a ton, and I'm still on a puddle. Yeah. I, this is my thing. I I absolutely love that outline. I love the tail of everything about it. What I was finding with my puddle jumper original was that being a little bit lighter, definitely being a little bit better at surf. Yeah, I just wasn't getting that rain yeah, like yeah, I was yeah. before and what I found with the HP yes it's a few less litres it's smaller in the tail it's all these things but it still goes as quick it still catches waves as small but I can do better turns so it's been a really interesting progression but people ask us a lot about especially you about puddle jumpers and I think I'll do the same thing I'd like to go back to a puddle uh, I my last one that I sold was too big for me too big. honestly um, the first one I had, which I sold too early, and I should have kept it in some respects, was the right side. It was a five eight, and it was brilliant. I surfed it a couple of times. Um, I'm ready for that again, I would say. But also the HP, I really like the look of HP and getting the right size puddle because it's. Yeah. I think depending on what stage you're at in your journey, if you're someone going beginner to intermediate, yeah. then just go full fat, fattest puddle you can get, and it's going to yeah. do wonders for your surfing. Yeah going to help you get back to the pocket Completely over and over and over. Because that's the hardest thing in surfing, yeah. is how do you get back to the foam to, to, to really surf the power source of the wave yeah. 
Once you have got that dialed, then start moving through the quiver, which is either a smaller puddle yeah. or an HP. Yeah. It's a great board. Yeah. For the average ways that generally get surfed around the world, except for places like Australia, South Africa, insert what you will. Yeah. Lost puddle jumpers. I mean, you can what? see why it's still the, it's still the um, biggest selling yeah, yeah. gravel board of all time. But yeah, I, I, for me, I could have a whole rack of them. I, my next... If I go for a puddle again, yes, could be an original, but it would just be to go for a much smaller one. I'd go like five, eleven, five, ten now, as opposed to six one. Yeah, guys, we are we're on a wrap here. Yeah, we are. We've got to shoot. We've got we've got some exciting people to speak to after this. So um, no waves, sadly, but we'll see you in a few weeks. There you go. Take it easy. Bye. Cheers, guys.